1: That you have expectations in every relationship that you have. Yep. How many you know God works through relationships? Yep. Wait, that's my wife's line. Yep. But this is what you gotta understand. From the moment you're born, <laughs> really there's expectations. Because how many know when a little baby's hungry, they let you know? Yep. They do. When they're not happy, they let you know. And and as we get older. Um, I'm going to say it like this. Reality begins to set in and we realize that um, everything we want, we don't get. Right. <laughs> your expectations don't always align <laughs> with what your reality is. How many know this? Yeah. And, and this sets us up for disappointments and sometimes anger. And if we don't learn to manage this and learn how to discern on these matters, especially what's acceptable and realistic expectations... Versus unrealistic and unacceptable, uh, we're going to have struggles. Now, I'm going to talk for a little while, and I'm going to go to the scriptures at the end. We 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 laid a great foundation. Jonathan and Janine read for us from the book of Proverbs, a good foundation that we're going to build this on as a backdrop. And then I'm going to bring the scriptural elements into the end. Sometimes I I have a lot more scripture in a message today. I want to bring the message in at the end. Okay. Now, we all have needs and desires that, when they're not met up to our expectation. Um, we often interpret this through a filter in our mind. How many of you know you have a filter? The Bible actually tells us that at best you see through tinted glass. That means none of us has all the revelation, none of us has all the knowledge, none of us has all wisdom, right? And and what happens is we, we realize quickly that not everyone thinks the same way. How many know not everyone thinks like you? Not everyone processes data the same way you do. I'm amazed at how many times in my daily life we look at the same information and come to different conclusions. Does everyone around you come to the same conclusion you do with the same data? We, we come to different conclusions. Why? Because we're all different. We all have a different lens or a different filter. We, we tracking okay? Okay. Expectations, there's communicated expectations. These are the ones where there's the least amount of conflict when you communicate expectations. Then there's assumed communication, which is not communicated. We just assume that people know what we're thinking. Now, how many frustrations did you have in the last seven days because you assumed that you communicated something, but you didn't really, and then you got angry or frustrated because someone didn't do what you expected them to do? I don't wanna know. We'll save those for testimony night, okay? (laughs) And then sometimes we have these expectations that we don't even know we have. We're angry and frustrated, we don't even know why. And people are like, I don't even know, I don't know. You don't know what your expectation is. You don't know why you're frustrated. I I, I do this more than I like to admit, I think we all do. But uh, the other day, um, and I'm I'm gonna say this right now. All of my illustrations today, while they could happen or they may have happened, I'm probably putting emphasis on different points. Okay, I, I'm using illustrations for illustration. I'm not trying to give you an accurate account of what life is like in my life. It could happen, but maybe we conclude different things, but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to teach something through here. Are we, are we doing okay? So I, I asked my wife why the driver in front of me was stopping at the green light with no reasonable cause. Now, my expectation was the light's green, there's no fire trucks coming the other way, there's nobody running the red light, go. But they didn't, they slowed down and stopped. Uh, yeah, I was wondering. My expectation was okay. That was an acceptable expectation that the green light they would go. Where I got myself into trouble was when I started trying to figure out why they weren't going. Anyone been married for more than five minutes? How many of you are married? Quite a few. Okay. Yes. It's assumed that I'm married. (laughs) See? When we assume, we don't always communicate what we want to communicate. I think I just communicated to my wife that (laughs) the wrong thing. Okay. When you got married, how many of you married life was different than you thought it was going to be before you got married? <laughs> I didn't say it was bad different, it was just different. Like, we have these ideas of what it's supposed to look like. You know, I don't know how many people I talk to in like pre-marriage class. I don't, I don't get to do that too much anymore. I just kind of interview them once or twice before a ceremony, you know. Um, I I ask some questions, and then we kind of go from there. But, like, um, in the pre-marriage class, I'm amazed at how many people come in, and they're... I mean, they've got, like, daisies and Skittles in their eyes. (laughs) And you say marriage, and they're happy music plays. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Reality check. On the other side of that, there's these guys that come in, and they... They, um, they watch too much porn when they're single or when they're married, right? And then they think that their wives are supposed to be porn stars ready for them like 12 hours. A, you know, like, it don't work that way. It's fake. They're actors, actresses. And, and, and what happens is the media that you put in will affect the way you think, which determines the expectations that you have. I'm amazed at how many people will watch a TV show and they think that that's real life. Mm-hmm. It's a script. <clears throat> right. While they capture elements of real, it's still fake. Because a lot of times what they do is they take out the emotion of it, right? When someone does something wrong to you, how many know you get angry sometimes? And sometimes it takes you more than five minutes to get over it? None of you? None of you ever get angry? Okay, now there's some truth in this next segment. Okay, I'm going to go into more... more... Remember, the emphasis is for the illustration. Um, I have expectations on my wife in marriage. You know, there's things that in our house we've agreed upon at this point. After, after 20 years, almost 21 years of marriage, we've agreed on some things. For instance, my wife takes care of laundry. Cooking, dusting, a lot of cleaning and organizing, driving the kids' places, making appointments. She's the keeper of the calendar. People say, hey, you want to, I don't know, go talk to her. She keeps the calendar. Yeah. OK? Um, she takes care of the garden. This is not a conclusive list or an exhaustive list by any means. It's just for illustration purposes, OK? And, and for myself, I do the ironing sometimes. I think we both hate ironing. It's just she hates it more than I do, so I tend to iron occasionally. Okay. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> Full disclosure, here's the expectation. I have probably 25 shirts in my closet that I'm just... I don't get around to ironing, so they just sit there. Because they need to be ironed. And it's so frustrating because you spend, like, 10 minutes or 15 minutes ironing it, and then you sit down in the car, and it looks exactly as it did when it was hanging there. <laughs> now, No, I did plug it in. <laughs> Um, I take out the trash once a week in the recycle. Well, sometimes I make the kids do that. But I I, I cut the grass. I I want you to notice, most of the stuff that she does is every day, all day kind of stuff. My stuff is like temporary, occasional stuff, you know? Every other week, every one I get around to it. It's not exactly like that in our house, but but can you see where there's a, a clash in expectations? Even with the things we've agreed upon? I do cook sometimes. Operative word, sometimes. But it's not the stuff that we've agreed on that there's going to create conflict for us, right? No, this is, this is really the illustration purposes. So that box that my wife sat by the stairs the other day, like last Tuesday, okay, and I'm thinking, okay, did she set the box there because she wants to put something in it? Did one of the kids ask her to put that box there so they could put something in it? Or does she want to take it taken downstairs and put in recycle? Now, without communication of the expectation, my wife will be thinking, there's many other people that live in this house that have walked by that box 15 times a day for the last week and a half. Why can't someone pick it up and take it and recycle? Except that the one time that I do that, she'll come and say, where's that box? I needed to put something (laughs) in it. You see why it's really important to communicate expectations in relationships? Yeah, right. Okay. And, okay, we do this. We do this with our children too. I do this with my kids. I expect them to do something, but I may not have communicated as, as articulately as I thought I did. Or I just thought about it but didn't actually speak it. Have none, none of you have ever done that though? <laughs> so, Assumption is the lowest form of communication. And I'm, I, I've learned. If I'm serious, I text them my expectation. It's in writing. <laughs> they can't come back and say, you didn't ask me to do that because I've got it spelled out very clearly, right? And then, and then on the other side, of it, Dad, do you really have to text us this? Yes, I do. Because I get tired of hearing, you didn't say that. Good. Good. Yeah. And then... Sometimes children have unrealistic expectations on their parents as well. You know, here's a classic, Dad, you only worked 77 hours this week. Why can't you drive me to Toronto before work tomorrow so I can get the latest and greatest pair of shoes? Maybe a slight exaggeration, but, you know, I get home from work sometimes. I'm like, I just want to sit down for five minutes. My brain is tired. But again, expectations, right? We have to we have to learn to communicate. And and you do this with yourself too. There's two extremes, and then there's a few people in the middle. Okay? And I just don't get this, but here's the extremes. Ready? People have totally unrealistic expectations on themselves that no possible human could complete in an average day. I mean Don't raise your hands, but how many of you make a list so long every day that it's impossible for you to finish that list every day, and at the end of the day, you kind of just transfer half the things on the list to the next day? You're a little bit too high expectation. And then there's this other stream where people just have no motivation to do anything but, like, get out of bed in the morning and have a cup of coffee before noon. And on a good day, they might have two cups of coffee before noon. And some of you are going, that's my life. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm on the other side of that, right? But we, we put these expectations on ourselves. And here's the a, here's a thing uh, a lady named Crystal Raypole was writing about this, and she said um, continually failing to meet your own expectations can prompt guilt and shame in the shape of unhelpful beliefs like, I'm not good enough, or I just don't have what it takes. We have to learn to balance our expectations for ourselves with realistic expectations. Like, has anyone ever tried to lose weight? (laughs) You found it? (laughs) When I was young, I tried to gain weight. Now I try to lose it. But here's my point. I mean, how many of you... Yeah, I found some, too. Um, (laughs) How many of you... When you set a goal to lose some weight, you expect that you're going to lose, like, 10 pounds a week for the first four weeks and call it good. And then you get discouraged a week and a half in because you're four pounds down. I I had a friend. I I will refrain from naming him. But um, some years ago, we decided to go into this together for health and for well-being. And and so what we were going to do is we did this cabbage soup diet for seven days. Okay. now now at the time i was probably a buck buck 60 160 pounds i'm a little bit more than that now okay and 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 then we went into a a, a water only fast okay and we were going to try for i think it was two weeks but we made it 11 days because it was january and and it was cold and we were not doing good after 11 days of only water okay now through that seven day cabbage soup plus 11 days i uh the smaller of the two of us Probably dropped 21 pounds okay I just okay my friend who's a little bit over 200 okay maybe maybe a little more than 200 I think over the course that he lost seven pounds he was so frustrated he's looking at me like what <laughs> expectations though right this is this one trying to say we we, we have these unrealistic expectations sometimes of what things are going to look like that create disappointment and anger for ourselves. We put expectations on God. How many of you have ever felt like God has betrayed you or failed to rescue you from the pain and suffering? He left you out to dry. He's abandoned you. He's rejected you. He didn't answer your prayer at least how you thought he should or on the timeline that you think he's supposed to. See, God does not interact with us based on what we want. He interacts with us based on what we need, Okay, Jesus made a way for us on the cross. The other part of that is a lot of things he's placed in our hands. And we put the onus on him, and he's put the onus on us, Okay. And when we're dealing with expectations, sometimes we set ourselves up for failure because we expect something of God that goes against even alignment and agreement with what his word teaches us. Have you read the book of Proverbs where it talks about wealth that comes too quickly? Yet, we buy our lottery tickets and we pray every week, please God, let me, let me, let me win. It's kind of inconsistent with the entire book of Proverbs. Why would God come into alignment with that? That's not how he works in the earth. Are you catching this? But see, we, we have these expectations in this rela- and it affects our relationships. So then we're angry, we're frustrated, we're discouraged, we're depressed. We're, we're not doing well in life because of these expectations that aren't often realistic. So... Now that I've talked about all this for a bit, how do we balance this out? And I could go on and on and on and on and on and on about illustrations of this, like, I'll give you one more. How many of you have that one friend that is just really bad at dating relationships? And I mean, they're constantly crying on your shoulder because their relationship blew up again and they were giving their heart away and they were ready to walk down the aisle and he skipped town, right? And they're crushed, they're devastated. And the problem is they have these expectations on the relationship, but when people try to counsel them, hey, maybe you should just not show up to the first date in a wedding dress. They don't receive the counsel, and then after a while you get really tired of listening to them whine about why things aren't working out how they think they should. Or how about money? You know that one friend that always never has quite enough money, and they're always trying to, hey, can you spot me? Can you spot me? Can you spot me? I had one of those growing up. I was his personal bank account for a while until I cut him off. It was amazing how the relationship changed when I stopped meeting his expectation that I was going to pay for him. But I'm amazed at how many people want God to bless them, but they don't even do the basics like pay their tithes. People come to the altar, they expect us to pray a prayer of agreement with them, but I won't pray against God's word. People come to me and say, will you pray for me for my money? Well, do you pay your tithes? Well, no, well... How can I bless what God has cursed? I can't go against his word. So we have these unrealistic expectations, right? And, and and then what happens is things don't work out how we think they should, and then we get discouraged and angry and frustrated. Rah, 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 rah. How do we get out of this? How do we balance this? Okay. Sylvia Salo. Having expectations is a way of our ego to keep us stuck in our fear story. I thought that was pretty good. Because in unbalanced relationships that are almost inevitably always going to end, it's always about me. And if it's always about you, people aren't going to be one around you after a while. You ever meet those people, it's all about them? And after a while, people get weary of that. We don't want it to be about us, it's about others, it's about him. Okay? So here's, here's the solution, okay, to get out of your fear story. Because usually the expectations you place on others help you manage your own fears so that you can control them. But none of you do this. Philippians chapter 4. Here's how God says we are to deal with this. 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Prayer, less communicated needs, Plus gratitude. That's kind of the pattern that the Apostle Paul gives us. But I find it interesting that immediately after he gives us the pattern, prayer, communicated needs, and gratitude, he goes to fix your thoughts. Why do you have to fix your thoughts? Is it possible because he realized that God is in working out some stuff in us and there's a process And in that process, things aren't gonna go how we think it should, or how we want them to, or things aren't gonna work out exactly as we predicted that they would. And in that process, we have to be patient. We don't get what we want when we want it. There's a contradiction in our declared beliefs and our lived experiences. And when there's a contradiction in your declared beliefs and your lived experiences, you have to fix your thoughts on what is pure, what is true, what is holy right? And, and uh, the one lady that I was reading, she was talking about how, how do you know if your, expe- if your expectations are not producing the fruit of spirit in your life, you might want to reevaluate your, your expectations. Leslie Newman has this whole, whole thing on this, and, and she asks some questions for herself. She says, hey, number one, is my expectation in line with the truths from the Word of God from the Bible? That's something we have to ask ourselves. We're Christians, we're Christ followers. Do the expectations we have on others, on ourselves, on God, on our kids, on our spouses, on our friends, on our bosses. You know, I'm a pastor at a church, and I have a congregation, and we have this arrangement where we put expectations on one another. I expect that people will come on time, and I do my best to end on time right? There's, a, there's an expectation there. Sometimes I communicate it. Sometimes it's just the culture that we try to create. We expect that people will get engaged and that they're going to support the church with its activities, right? Because if, if you're a Christ follower, what do you do? Your money belongs to him. Your time belongs to him. Your talent belongs to him, right? So you serve in your area of gifting and you grow the kingdom of God. And this is what we do in the community, Am I expecting too much from myself, more than I can realistically accomplish? You Have to ask yourself that question. Does my expectation allow room for mistakes in myself and others? Some of you have a zero tolerance for error in your expectation, and you're frustrated often. Does my expectation ask demand something of someone or myself that they can, they or I cannot possibly give? Does the expectation leave room for grace? Right? We, we, we have to be willing to go, I'm not going to compromise my morals and my values, but I will lower the standard in the situation because of the situation. It's reasonable. And then, does my expectation let God in? Am I creating a goal or plan based on what I think it should be or based on what he thinks it should be? Because how many times the best laid plans of mice and men where we make all these plans without consulting God and then we wonder why he doesn't support our plan. What would Jesus do? How does Jesus think? Let's go to Colossians 3. Since God chose you to be holy people, he loves. You must, must clothe yourselves. With tender-hearted mercy kindness humility gentleness and patience make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you does it say only forgive them if they fill out this 13-page document and what does it say forgive who anyone why remember the lord forgave you so you must forgive others Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body you're called to live in peace and to always be thankful. There's that word thankfulness again. I find it amazing that when our expectations are not met, we often do not go to thankfulness and gratitude. We go to anger and frustration. Why don't you guys stand up with me? You know... As we are preparing to partake of the cup today, the Lord's Supper, you know, I want you to just bow your heads for a second and do, do a little evaluation. Look into your heart. We should be doing this daily where we say, God, examine my heart. But take a moment and examine your heart. And ask yourself, God, do I have expectations on you that aren't realistic? Do I have expectations on myself, my spouse, my children, my friends, my coworkers? And if maybe you've got some frustration and anger over expectations, we need to re-examine those expectations. And that doesn't mean that people aren't going to meet expectations that are realistic. I started with that. Green light, you should go. I don't know why they're not, but I don't have to figure it out. I can just be patient and wait till they go or go around them. But as we come to the table to participate in our covenant meal, we need to examine our heart and find out if there's unforgiveness in our heart. We need to release people. We need to release ourselves. And some of you need to release your offense against God. And while I'm confident that all of us have unmet needs and unrealized expectations in our life, I want to give all of you an opportunity. I'd like to invite you if you like today to come down to the front as a point of contact. It's just you and God, no one's going to come and lay hands on you. But if you just want to really God, help me right now, right where I'm at, with some of these expectations, some of these frustrations that I've gotten, some of this anger that I've got that turns into resentment and bitterness really quick. Feel free to come down. Just join us at the front. You can come out of your chair while I'm talking. But see, I'm going to pray in a second, and I'm going to ask God to help us all so that we can be more like Him. He has an expectation on humans that we'll repent of our sin that will turn our life around that will stop operating in the old nature and we'll start taking on the nature of Christ that's God's expectation for humans in some of you you know you play like you're a little bit shy you're just worried about what other people will think you need to put that expectation aside who cares what other people think man What's important is what does the creator think? What does God think? What is he saying to my heart right now in this moment? So I'm going to begin to pray. Father, I thank you as we have the bread in our hand that Jesus was willing to give it all for us. He laid down his life at the cross. He was crucified. He was murdered by humans. So that we... He'd be restored to wholeness. And Lord for every emotion that's broken, every emotion that's not in check, every dream that's died and every heart that's broken, we give it to you now. Lord, we expect that as we ask for forgiveness that we'll receive it. Help us to love others as perfectly as you love us. Lord, for everyone that's in the struggle, I thank you that you're helping them to continue on in faith today, that they can be encouraged, that they can be built up, that they can know you as we purpose to clothe ourselves with love and humility and be a blessing to others. So I speak healing in life to everyone that partakes now in the name of Jesus. And as we look at this cup, the blood of Jesus made a way for you to be restored to relationship with God. And you know, the Bible even says that God died for us while we were still sinners. You weren't looking for him. You weren't concerned about him. You weren't interested, but God still died for you because he loved you. Father, I thank you for the hearts of every man and woman listening today. that as we lay down those things that keep us from you, as we lay down our sins, as we lay down judgments, as we lay down resentment and bitterness and anger and frustration, I thank you that you can help us to frame things from the heavenly perspective. Let us see things in life through your lens, through your eyes, God. Help us to see more clearly. Everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's got a perspective. But Lord, we want your perspective. Let your word reign supreme in our lives, in our hearts, in our actions, in our attitudes, in the things that we do and in the things that we say. And help our core beliefs align with what your word says. And for everyone walking through situations, Lord, in their life where their declared beliefs and their lived experience seem to be contradictory, I thank you that the faith of God is present for them today and that you speak life to every heart in the name of Jesus. Norman and Nadine are going to come at this time and they are going to bless you. They're going to speak life over you. They're going to speak the power of God over you. God bless you all. Norm Nadine.
2: Hello. Good morning. I'm Norm. This is my wife Nadine. And we're very honored to be here today with help with the benediction. Um, I'd like to thank Pastor RJ for such a a wonderful message. I found it very interesting that in our world today we put so much uh, even in our expectations, we look at the world to make our where our levels of expectation should be. When maybe we should be looking at the word instead of the world for expectation balance, right? Yeah. And?
0: So thank you again, Pastor RJ, for your message. It is extremely timely because last week, so I want to share a story with you. Last week, um, I had the privilege of going out uh, out in the community with some of the team members that I work with, and saw so much suffering out in the community and I was so frustrated and uh, Norm can attest to me coming home and saying, you know, why is it like this? You know, all of, you know um, what's wrong with people, like why aren't we all helping each other? And, I, and that was the expectation that I was setting on, um, on everybody. And sometimes we see people in situations and we make judgments about why they're in that situation. And so when you said, Pastor RJ, a lot of things are placed in our hands, you know, in in having, in being in prayer about why why is our city in this situation? And why aren't we all doing something? Why aren't we all doing more? But I had to reflect on what am I doing more? What am I doing as well? And there was, it just so happened this past week, I was driving down the street and there was a young lady, who was leaning over an overpass. And had she leaned anymore, she would have fallen over. And I suspect that that was her intention. So I turned around and went back and spoke with her. And she was sobbing and spoke about her expectations that had not been met in her life. And we sat together and we spoke and the police ended up coming and again i just thanked god for that opportunity but again it just rings we all have these expectations of what we think are supposed to happen and we have expectations on what we think people are supposed to be like but we all fall short of the glory of god and so love is patient and love is kind and we have to remember when we come into contact with people that we just have to love them and know that we are image bearers as his followers and that that should be how we treat every single person that we come into contact
2: with so amen won't you raise your hands with me to our king please and just let's feel his presence in silence for a second Holy eternal omnipotent father God creator of the heavens and the earth we thank you for this gift of this day that we shall rejoice in we thank you for all blessings in our life that are a measurement of your immeasurable grace in our lives in this world of lies and deceit and misinformation we thank you for the truth the undeniable truth of your word the truth we can all stand upon. In this world of division, hate, despair, and hopelessness, we are thankful that we have the one, the love, the unity, and the hope of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, our foundation. Lord, look down with favor upon all that are gathered here and are all watching to praise your holy name. And as we leave here today and return back to the culture and back to work, to friends, to non-believers. We pray, Lord, that we may go as better image bearers of you. Lead us. Lead us to be among the desolate and to plead the case of the poor. Holy Spirit, maybe we be in tune to your promptings. Let us hear you. Show us and push us so that we may share with someone your light into their darkness. To show someone your truth into their deception. And that we may have the opportunity to show your love and hope peace and forgiveness to those we encounter as we boldly proclaim the gospel to the hopeless desperate unloved and the divided and broken may we not go with timidity but with the courage that we have as soldiers of Christ equipped in our armor empowered knowing and operating in your victory Lord walking as children of God living breathing examples to the world of the power the cross that's had upon our lives we pray that you provide us with supernatural endurance that we never tire and we never never yield so every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord may we profess to the world that hope has a name that love has a name and the truth has a name and that name is Jesus Christ and all God's children said Amen be blessed may the peace and love of Jesus be upon your lives